Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. President Trump's message to China, it's not you, it's them. And it's tax day in Congress. Why a simple question about the middle class is so hard to answer. Plus, one year after the historic election, how's everyone doing? We'll take stock. This is the State of America tonight. It is a very one-sided and unfair one, but I don't blame China. Clearly, he is trying to make himself very popular with President Xi. I discussed with President Xi the chronic imbalance in our relationship. I'm also excited that the president is animating that he wants to talk to Putin. Wouldn't be at all unusual if they ended up with some kind of a pull aside. Michael Flynn is worried about the prospect that his son could be caught up in the special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. The questions regarding Flynn focus on his and his son's business dealings. It's amazing how federal criminal investigations tend to sharpen one's memory. Kate Baldwin live in New York to our viewers watching around the world. This is State of America tonight. Have you ever just kind of sat there and wondered, who can I really believe? Well, I am definitely wondering that today. Candidate Trump or President Trump? One Republican or another Republican? The White House or the British government? And don't even get me started about the new polls that are just out. Let me explain. Candidate Trump was a vocal critic of China. His criticisms were as biting as they were frequent. We can't continue to allow China to rape our country, and that's what they're doing. China's taking our jobs, our money, our base, our manufacturing. What they've done to us is the greatest single theft in the history of the world. The greatest abuser in the history of this country. And that was about one that was about one year ago. But it seems light years away from what we just heard from President Trump while in Beijing. I don't blame China. After all, who can blame a country for being able to take advantage of another country for the benefit of its citizens? I give China great credit. My feeling toward you is an incredibly warm one. As we said, there's great chemistry. And uh, I think we're going to do tremendous things for both China and for the United States. And it is a very, very great honor to be with you. Are you confused? Well, you're in good company. Joining Team Confused today, former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. Clearly, he is trying to make himself very popular with President Xi. What really troubles me is something that I've said before, which is I don't want to hear him saying all the time how we are weak and people taking advantage of us. That's very sad and a very wrong message for the President of the United States to be delivering when he's on such a truly important trip in Asia. Well, Secretary of State, the current one, Rex Tillerson, says the president's comments were, quote, tongue in cheek. 
Tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek means whatever was said shouldn't be taken seriously. Like basically tongue in cheek is basically everything I say. Please do not tell me, though, when it comes to the president and this this speech he gave that we are now back to a place where we are not supposed to take the president literally or seriously. Seriously. Okay, you decide that one. On to the next tax reform. Who are you to believe here? I ask this because depending on which Republican you talk to, either tax cuts are guaranteed for all or not so much. The top Republican in the House, Paul Ryan, is in the camp of, a camp of everyone's getting a tax cut, saying this in a, in a radio interview. Everybody gets a tax cut. Everybody's rates will go down. That sounds like music to the ears of the White House, it appears, as they laid out this warning just last night. In Washington, D.C., you can go out and hire anybody you want to to get them to say whatever number you want it to say, Fair. right? If mm -hmm. our numbers here at the White House actually show the same thing, if they show that taxes are going up on the middle class, on the House plan, on the Senate plan, on some combination of the two, we won't sign it. That's pretty, pretty clear, right? Yes, I'll answer my own question. But here comes the confusion. Just as confident those two seem about tax cuts, others seem quite a bit less confident. Enter lawmakers John Thune and Trent Franks, both Republicans. Can you guarantee that no middle class family will see their taxes go up? Nor, I don't think you can guarantee every filer is, is that that's going to be the case. Can you guarantee that every single filer uh, might, you know, have some different experience? I don't think you can guarantee that. Congressman, at this point, are you comfortable being able to guarantee that no middle class family will see their taxes go up? Uh, you know, I, I would never try to guarantee anything like that. Hmm. See my confusion? Only adding to my confusion or my who can you actually believe mantra today. We've only seen one half of this equation so far when it comes to taxes, the House bill. And the second half is just now entering center stage. Senate Republicans are unveiling their version of the tax overhaul today. And already it promises to have some big differences than what the House put together. So I can promise you this. No matter the confusion, <laughs> the fun is really just beginning. And still, Paul Ryan is promising and likely partly wishing, pleading, and begging the following. We're doing this the right way. We're doing this regular order way. It takes time, but trust me, we're going to get this over the finish line. Now to the most consistent who can I believe struggle in our all of our lives right now, Russia. Should we now believe the White House or the British government when it comes to George Papadopoulos? He, of course, is the former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor who pled guilty to lying to the FBI about his interactions with people linked to Russian officials. Team Trump all along has tried to distance themselves from Papadopoulos, essentially saying that he was a nobody. He was a volunteer, even calling him just a coffee boy at one point. Well, it turns out the British government seemed to think otherwise, confirming that Papadopoulos met with a British foreign office official two months before the election occurred. So coffee boy or advisor worthy of meeting with the British government, or I guess you could be a coffee boy worthy of meeting with the British government. Either way, you get to decide that one. And it's not just that when it comes to Russia. Another foreign, uh, former Trump advisor is feeling conflicted himself right now. And I'm talking about Michael Flynn, the president's former national security advisor and chief defender who famously said this during the Republican convention. We do not need a reckless president who believes she is above the law. Lock her up. That's right. Yes, that's right. Lock her up. 
Well, now sources tell CNN that Flynn is worried, <clears throat> speaking of locking anybody up, Flynn is worried that his own son, Michael Flynn Jr., could be caught up in Bob Mueller's probe into Russia's election meddling. He's worried, Flynn is, about his son's legal exposure in this whole thing. And legal experts say this worry and conflict put on Flynn Sr. right now could easily be by design. I just don't think that he can sort of withstand the pressure in the family of being silent if he has something to say um, and having the consequence of that be that potentially his son gets indicted and, and if convicted goes to jail. So who should Michael Flynn believe? Well, I am not an attorney and I definitely don't play one on TV, so I will leave that to smarter minds. But add all of this up. And can you once and for all see why I am so torn on who to believe these days? And honestly, forget about me. It seems the American people are too. Yes, I'm American. A new poll painting the picture that more and more people know less and less where to turn, at least when it comes to the president. A new CNN poll shows only 30 percent of Americans trust what they hear coming from the White House right now. And if you can believe it, that's actually an improvement since August. But who believes those polls anyway? Remember, only the good ones, right? All right, we'll leave it there for now. Let's get back to let's get back overseas and the president's next big visit after China. Will he or won't he sit down with Russian President Vladimir Putin while in Vietnam? And why is this such a big question still? CNN Global Affairs correspondent Elise Lavitt is here with me now. So Elise Tillerson said they'd meet if there was something of substance to discuss. Isn't there always substance for two leaders to discuss? There's always substance, Kate, and look at all the uh, issues that these two leaders have to discuss. North Korea, which is the preeminent issue on the president's trip. Syria, the conflict uh, continuing to fester there. And also Ukraine. We don't hear that much about Ukraine, but that's still a big issue between the two countries. I think what you have is some jockeying going on between the Kremlin and the Trump administration. The Kremlin mm -hmm. kind of put out that there would be this meeting. Um, and I think Secretary Tillerson's saying, listen, not so fast. We have to see if there's a reason to meet. I think the secretary and the Trump administration are trying to get some deliverables out of that meeting before they just have a photo op of the two leaders meeting. They don't want it to be a meaningless meeting. Well, we'll see. There will probably be a photo op no matter what. It's great to see you. Thanks, Elise. Great to see you. All right, coming up, it's the biggest yet most important issue. And biggest and most important issue for Republicans in charge of Congress and the White House right now. It's taxes. I know, it sounds sexy. We're going to debate it all in a second. That's next. One thing we all know, as the president and the Republican majority in Congress has been in power, is that they are all in need of a big legislative win now more than ever. Their jobs and a whole lot of Americans' money is now on the line, as an overhaul of the nation's tax system just kicked in to overdrive. Let's get into it. The panel tonight, Matt Beiser is here. He's a CNN political analyst, deputy Washington bureau chief for the Boston Globe. Jason Miller, CNN political commentator and former senior communications advisor for the Trump campaign. Bill Press is the host of The Bill Press Show. And Kevin Madden is a CNN political commentator, former advisor to Republican Mitt Romney's presidential campaign. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Matt, Paul Ryan says they are going to get this over the finish line. How close are they to the finish line? 
they may be closer in the House than overall. Uh, you know, the House could easily, I mean, they could get this together and, and vote next week, but a lot of this seems to be playing out the way that health care did, where the uh -oh. House may have a solution and the Senate, uh, you know, bogs things down. There's a lot of different views in the Senate. Uh, their plan looks a lot different than the House plan. And, uh, it, you know, this, this could take some time uh, and they, their tight timeline uh, may not be met. This looks a lot like health care. Kevin Madden, that is not something anyone wants to say. <laughs> I know, that's why I'm going to you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you think, but also riddle me, riddle me this, Batman. There is still a lot to be worked out, no question, between the House and Senate. This is what the legislative process is like. It is by design this way. But throwing, speaking of health care, throwing into this mix a repeal of the individual mandate of Obamacare. Really? Is that a good idea? Yeah. No, it's not, and I don't think ultimately it will it will happen. Okay. Uh, so, so just to disagree with Matt, I think this process has been very different from healthcare, and that's why I think people are more bullish in the prospects. Um, first of all, uh, Republicans are really <laughs> embracing uh, this uh, this issue with um, a certain relish, mostly because, as, as Bob Novak used to say, Republicans were put on earth to do one thing: it's cut taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, and secondly, I think there is a very high level of awareness um, that uh, the Republican majority is very dependent on getting something done with tax reform. But um, I think the process is still a little bit um, uh, further away from, from completion. Um, there will be, at some point, because there are some differences between with the Senate approach, uh, there will be a Senate House conference. Uh, and a lot, there will be a lot of, um, there will be a lot of headlines from here until then saying that tax reform is dead, tax reform is not getting done. Um, but I think that high level of determination by, the, by, my, by members of Congress is actually going to bring this over uh, the finish line somewhere uh, closer to the, the Christmas uh, recess. Yeah. No matter um, and, what, big things yeah. like this die like a hundred times over before they get Ab anywhere. For absolutely. sure, absolutely, absolutely. Every, want, every single wanna, yeah. If you want to talk about sexy, let's talk about taxes. If you want to talk about super sexy, let's talk about a conference committee. That's sexy, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm just right. saying. Okay, Jason, get, Jason, get it, get it on this. The White House made very clear. Mick Mulvaney saying the final product, if it if it raises taxes on middle class families they will not sign it. Paul Ryan says everyone's gonna get a tax cut. But top Republicans in the House and Senate, Trent Franks that I talked to today, he, he could not say, he was not comfortable saying that he would guarantee that taxes on middle-class families were not gonna go up. If this isn't a policy problem, which it, may be, which it very well could be, is this at the very least a real messaging problem? Okay, and I couldn't disagree more. I think this is actually moving along pretty well, and probably the most striking thing at this point is what, that, that, they, the can, that they can't decide if middle class families' taxes no, are going to go is, up. It's, it's everybody is going to get a tax cut. The White House has been very clear on this, but the fact that the Democrats have been so weak are you in their sure? Opposition to because this, Trent oh, Franks, who's got a vote on this thing, was not I, okay with saying that. John Thune, who's got a vote on this thing, I'll listen. He's, I'll he's, listen to the president. I'll listen to the president and Director Mulvaney on this one. I think they they know what they're doing. Ooh, but here's the thing: Republicans know the Republicans know that they got to get this done. And one of the things that we're in right now in the states that we call the sausage making process, where there it's the ugly details of how exactly legislation gets made. And so you can't go and pay attention to every single uh, snippet that comes out on Twitter, or every single comment that a lawmaker makes, because things change constantly. Other thing that's important to keep in mind is these, uh, these timelines are somewhat arbitrary. It doesn't have to necessarily pass by. Uh, I agree. The the Why they are they even, setting these they, deadlines? I agree. 
agree with I, it. I think it's I think it's good to put pressure. But here's you know I would imagine probably this overall uh, tax reform bill probably doesn't get finalized and passed until January. And even if it goes into the beginning of February, Secretary Mnuchin's already made it pretty clear in a lot of his comments that they'll make that retroactive to January 1, 2018. So that way the markets know that stability is coming and they can plan on what's going on. But here's the, the big takeaway for folks who are watching around the world is they're going to get the U.S. corporate tax rate down to 20 percent, which is a good two and a half points lower than the OECD average. Don't start talking about they're, corporate tax cuts. This is all about the middle class. They're, this is all about the middle no, class. Because, because that's going to lead to an increase of between four and nine thousand uh, dollars increase in family wages around the country. This is going to be great. This is going to uh, create co- uh, companies to redomicile into the U.S. Super easy, Bill. Well, look, they're that doing pretty good right now. I mean, look, the unemployment rate. Well, the unemployment rate right now is at 4.1%. Stock market continually keeps hitting a record high. I think uh, what yep. they're doing right now to reduce regulations and what also with the promise with and the prospects, uh, it, it's all part of the president's overall <laughs> economic plan. I think they're going to get it done. And you see where the economy's going. Things are looking really good. He's only been, he's been on the job less than a okay, year. Okay, okay. Jason are. Miller, you can't throw I'm all not. the talking points into I'm one answer. I'm we won't not. get to any yeah. the other one. Bill It's the truth. It's the truth. All right. Enough, enough, enough. Listen, let me just say, Kate, I want to be the outlier here, right? This bill is going nowhere. It's a mess. It's a mishmash. The House, first of all, here's a plan that affects the entire U.S. economy, and they're going to ram it through the House with no public hearings, zero public hearings. So we don't know, really know what the hell is in there or what its impact is. And the Republicans in the House, really, all they want to do, and a couple of them have told me this, is get anything over to the Senate because they know the Senate is going to have an entirely different plan anyway, which we'll see by the end of the afternoon. Whatever the Senate does, then there's going to be a conference committee. I'm going to tell you, my, I really believe this is deja vu all over again with health care. They've rigged it so they don't need any Democrats. They don't want any Democrats. I don't think Republicans will be able to get their stuff together and get a bill passed by the end of the year. Thereby okay. missing their deadline of having something. Their arbitrary to deadline. The All right, Yogi Berra, hold on a second. We got a lot more to discuss. <laughs> Let's take stock of where we are in this very moment. Coming up, a year after the election, how is everyone feeling? Glass half full, glass half empty. The best days are still ahead of us. Whatever cliche you want to throw at it, do it. New polling is sending an important message to this White House right now. The panel will return next. think we're winning and what they do is they show these phony polls have you been seeing what's happening with those polls they're like rocket ships even though we're doing pretty good in the polls i don't believe the polls anymore some of some of the polls are great i only really acknowledge them if i'm winning so don't worry but, and by the way we're winning in a lot of polls a lot of that montage never gets old. It is one of my favorite things. That was Donald Trump, oh, about a year ago, just before he was elected president, making his view very clear on the polls. So, based on what what then-candidate Trump said then, I'm pretty sure he's not going to believe this latest set of polls coming out from CNN, except for the bright spot, what what Americans have to say about the economy. Regardless, we're going to talk about all of it. Let's get to it. Kevin Madden, let's take stock of where we are one year from from Election Day. Um, Almost 7 in 10 in the CNN poll. Seven in 10 overall say Trump's statements since taking office leave them less confident in his ability to serve, to serve as president. 
amongst Republicans, that seven, there's 17 more, there's 17 points more likely to say that, that they're less confident in him than before. Why is this a troubling trend? Yeah, well, look, I think there's there's trouble here for the president on a number of fronts. The first is the president's greatest polling strengths, uh, even when you took out the head-to-head matchups, um, was always uh, the questions of his attributes. Is he a strong leader? Is he a truth teller? Is he a change agent? Is he going to shake up Washington? And I think um, what's happened is that the trend line uh, has gone down on all of those. Uh, and increasingly, even so among some of his most ardent supporters, um, that is um, that's the case with at the president's. So I think if he wants to maintain that coalition of really um, ardent support inside his base, he has to address some of those changes. And I think the second thing that would worry me is that um, the president also had like a bit of a cross-party appeal. Uh, and that's something that I think has always helped Republican candidates, which is mm-hmm. that we used to have this coalition of Republican base voters and independents. Uh, the polling that I've seen right now has shown a collapse amongst independents. And yeah. I think the president has to worry about that as well and get that back. And I think that is also going to carry over to the 2018 elections. Technically, uh, you know, uh, uh, traditionally not as many independents, true independent voters come out in a lot of these um, midterms. um, But in these close races, they can make a difference. That's a good point. Bill, um, has he kept his campaign promises? You know, that's one way to judge. Obviously, that's an important way to we all judge any president um, at any point in their in in their uh, in their presidency. Has he kept his campaign promises? That's down eight points since April. Forty percent say yes. No shift, though, amongst Republicans there. They're holding strong. I think it was like 86% said yes. Then 86% says yes, he's keeping his campaign promises now. So all's good, yeah? Well, look, I think the people who voted for him, what I've seen inside of those polls, still believe uh, in Donald Trump. Uh, They believe he's tried to keep his campaign Mm -hmm. promises. They don't blame him. They blame Democrats or they blame weak Republicans or whatever. But the fact is, look at the ones that I remember building the wall. No. Repealing Obamacare. No. Infrastructure. No. Taking on China, as you just started the show. No on that as well. Uh, I don't think he's kept any of his campaign promises. And I think it's starting to hurt him particularly, as Kevin pointed out, among uh, independents, among those suburban Republicans who kept waiting for the pivot, right, from Trump the candidate to Trump the president. There ain't been no pivot. He's the same old guy making the same, uh, using the same rhetoric, dividing people and not showing any leadership. Bill Press, I banned the P word from the show during the campaign and you just brought it back. You are now in the penalty box. You are in the penalty box. Jason, there is not a shift. Republicans holding strong with the president on is he keeping his campaign promises. Where where there is a shift, the big shift amongst Republicans in this polling is, is he uniting the country? Overall, 30 percent, only 30 percent say yes. That's down 13 points since November. Among Republicans, 65 percent say yes, he's uniting the country. But that's down from 81 percent. How is this... How does this not point to some trouble? Does, isn't uniting the country an important fact? Well, a lot of this goes into the issues that the White House is talking about right now. And so, well, yes, I think they're going to get tax reform through, give everyone a big tax cut. That'll be a nice shot in the arm as we head into next year in 2018. It's only a small step. I think any Republicans on Capitol Hill uh, who think that by passing this, that's going to be kind of a a magical solution, I think is leaving it woefully short. There are a number of these 80-20 issues where 80% of the people support them and really only 20% of the people oppose them that the president campaigned on that we haven't seen from 
uh, his rhetoric and from his talk lately. And so once we get through tax cuts, we need to get into infrastructure. We need to get into ethics reform. When the president talks about draining the swamp, some of these very popular things that he that or, uh, do very well with independence. Once we get through this, he has to get back to playing offense and talking about a number of these issues if we're going to get this Wait, coalition am I the on only board. One, am I the only one that started smiling when we were, when we talked about Donald Trump draining the swamp? I mean, come on, come on, the swamp no, has uh, just look, gotten he thicker, talked Jason. About no, no, no. He talked about term I know, limits I know, I know, on Capitol Hill politicians, okay. making sure they can be... Term limits on Capitol Hill. That'll be great to see that Congress passed that one. Matt, let me bring you in on this. The bright spot, Jason, be happy it, well, it, But that's the, the whole economy. point, I'm going and running economy. against Washington. The bright spot is the economy. Seven in ten say the economy is in good shape. Could that erase all the ails, make everyone feel better? I don't know that it raises all the ales, but I mean, it, it does help. I mean, people tend to vote uh, on, on pocketbook issues. So, so the, to the extent that the economy does well, I think it makes people feel, yeah. feel good. Uh, but as Ke Kevin alluded to this earlier about the change agent argument, which was a big one for President Trump during the campaign. We talked to countless voters who were you know, excited about him because they thought he would bring change to Washington. And these new polls are sort of showing that people are not necessarily feeling that way, uh, which is not a good place for a guy who said, I Alone can fix it. You know, well, he's running into problems with Congress and with the courts on a lot you know of things he wants to do. Who believes those polls, anyways, boys? Great to see you guys. Thank you. Day 294 of President Trump's administration. That's the state of America tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.